0: everyone, welcome to Risk Roundup. Computers perform computations and since software powers the computer that makes anything, any machine, digital or analog, embedded with computers to run on its own, it raises a fundamental question. Are machines conscious? Are machines aware of its surroundings? Now the answers to these questions depend entirely on perhaps how we understand consciousness in machines. Now since the term machine consciousness is already caught in an endless explosion of meaning and comparisons, should we try to understand machine consciousness in terms of human consciousness? Or in a way, it would make sense for machines to follow human commands, or should we just use a different term for machines? To discuss this further, I'm delighted to welcome John Contos to this roundup. John is a professor at Department of Science of Cognition and Thinking at National University of Athens. He is the author of the paper, Machine Consciousness and Question Answering, published in his Journal of Computer Science and Technology. He is based in Greece. Welcome, Professor Kontos. We are honored to have you on Risk Roundup. Thank you. Wonderful, Professor. So It seems there is no central definition or agreement on what machine consciousness is. How should we define consciousness in machine? How should we understand and compare machine consciousness with human consciousness, or how do you see the concept of machine consciousness relate to human consciousness?
1: Well, if you have in mind a clear definition of what a machine is, then it's very clear what is possible to define as machine consciousness. You don't have many choices a machine is just a device that goes through a number of states depending on its input which comes from the environment therefore it has a history of states that it goes through and that's all it knows about itself unless you ask about what it sees what it hears what's what is the environment, but if we're talking about the internal uh, operation of the machine, the only thing that it can know, it can know, it can know nothing else, is its own state. Therefore, if you say it is conscious, conscious machine, it means it knows at any moment which states it has gone through since you put it on and it started working. That's all the knowledge a machine has of itself. Nothing else. It's quite different when you talk about human consciousness, because which is very complex and we don't know very much about it.
0: Yes, yes, very true. And, and
1: I'm not qualified to talk about human consciousness because I'm not a psychologist. Yeah,
0: we don't. We don't. And that's the question: Why are we trying to define consciousness of machine in terms of consciousness of humans? We don't need to do that. We just need to stick to the machines, right? There is no need to compare it with human consciousness, but that's where a lot of confusion happens. And it seems that uh, you just said that, you know, they just need to know about their state. Now, you know, it seems uh, someone, uh, Richard Morin, determines that the two aspects of consciousness seems important, like perception of self in time and complexity of self-representation. And... uh, So how, I mean, if we are looking at all this self-awareness and uh, understanding of the self in time for the computers or machines, how do we measure consciousness in machines? Is there a way to know?
1: Well, I think that it's uh, in parallel with what we can do with humans too. The only way you can check a human that is conscious is by talking to to her or him, asking questions and getting answers and evaluating these answers if they denote that some consciousness takes place. You ask a person, what day it is today? What did you do yesterday? Are you feeling well? These kinds of common, common sense questions. Same way you can ask a machine some questions. For instance, the simplest question is, how did you arrive at the present state? It gives you a long list of previous states. You can be more specific and say, <clears throat> how did you arrive at state A? What was the previous state? These kinds of simple questions, if they can be answered, it's a report, as we say, it's a reporting consciousness. It's a report method of checking. Yes. And we we'll have no other way, since we have no instruments to measure consciousness, uh, is by talking to it,
0: yes, either to the the machine
1: or to, to a person.
0: Yes, yes. So which are, which, are, uh, which are different mechanisms by which you insert that consciousness or even that understanding or to manifest in machines? What needs to be done to make a machine self-aware, or aware of its surroundings, or aware of its internal surroundings? How do you manifest all that in machines?
1: Well, um, I don't know if I have already the... I think I have it somewhere. I have the block diagram in my paper with the... I don't know if we can show this. Perhaps you can amend it after okay. our discussion. Okay. There's a block diagram.
0: Okay. Giving the
1: parts of, the, of our system, at least, that constitutes the whole um, uh, construction, which is a program or computer system. Computer system is a computer plus a program. Neither a program alone, because program alone cannot exist, must be executed in a computer. Plus a computer makes a computer system. That is something that works, that gives a result. So, uh, you can see from my paper that what, at least how, the architecture of wow, system. Okay. Uh, which, in simple terms, it's able to follow the logical steps followed for giving an answer which may not be the, a straight answer, it may be an answer resulting from a logical Um, combination of known facts. And there's there's a basic method of combination, which is the the middle law. So that is if A, for instance, causes B and B causes C, then you know that A may cause C. That's a very simple thought. Goes back to Aristotle with his syllogism. And it's a very simple... uh, Way of combining known facts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, and uh, I mentioned causality because <clears throat> it's one of the basic elements of human knowledge. To know how events or systems uh, cause changes one to another. I'm sorry sure that I'm not following the, the text, but no, you come- no, I, that's
0: something. <laughs> And that's what we want, a discussion, right? So uh, we don't need to follow that. So uh, as you describe, I mean, what conditions any machine, any computer, respective of whether it's a laptop computer or a desktop or, you know, smartphone or uh, iPad, what conditions or, you know, even Internet of Things, what does it need to meet? For
1: For any given computer system, the computer itself, the hardware is material. Yes. Look, the, what we all use is just an adder, nothing more. The right. basic unit of, of the computer is an adder. And, uh, and some ways of doing a conditional uh, a change of flow in the program. That's the basic elements. That's all you, you have in electronic form, basically. The others are auxiliary. Just how you connect the printer, how you connect... To, uh, to the internet and uh, these are auxiliary program uh, facilities. So the computer doesn't say, that, doesn't know anything about what we are doing with it. What you do is you build on a hierarchy of software tools that give you the possibility to program in an easier language than if you program the machine language. Machine language is very close to the hardware and very difficult to use. I have done some machine language programming, which is 0101s. <laughs> you call the... <laughs> it's almost, it's very cryptic, you know. Yes. Because we built a computer here, if you don't know, in, uh, in Athens, in 97, And it was a microprogrammed computer, so we had to program in very low machine language. And then you have the assembly language, which is a little easier than machine language. And on assembly languages, you build the languages that a programmer use, uses, uses, which is more friendly.
0: Yes.
1: Now, the easier, to my mind, languages, programming languages to use are the so long, so-called uh, declarative languages, non-procedural. And this is Prolog, one of them. And so in AI, because mainly we deal with syllogisms and uh, reasoning, machine reasoning and so on, and this reasoning is inbuilt in Prolog. You don't have to program it. Uh, It's a very good tool to use Prolog for various applications.
0: Good. The, glad to know that so this uh, when we when we any uh, since connected machines has some sort of self awareness it seems you know because both external as well as internal for quite some time so can we say that today machines are more self aware than even humans because if you think about it i mean if we try to recall you know, events we don't remember everything our process that's, power, we don't remember that but,
1: but that, that's correct uh, whatever you store in the machine, it will be there forever. Yes, yes. Uh, In a human mind, it it may not. You forget things. But of course, the human mind has other capabilities which we cannot mimic all of them. Right. As as you saw in the question further down, one of the basic differences is creativity. Yes. Which we haven't... uh, achieved yet with the machines, and I don't know if I can achieve it ever, but...
0: But you are working uh, on it, right? You are working on artificial...
1: Uh, I'm technology. trying to. Um, I'm trying to find, to not to be in the same situation as with consciousness, where I found the definition after <laughs> I have labored for a number of years. <laughs> to start from the definition now, <laughs> and uh, one thing that bothers me is that whether creativity is an attribute or a relationship. And I'm inclined to believe that it is a relationship, which means that I produce something which is creative with respect to some who accepts it, who receives it. If it's new to the receiver, he sees it as creative. Yes. It's more logical to, to see it as a relationship between a creator and a and the consumer.
0: Yes, there must be some interconnectivity because if you look at humans, not all humans are creative. So uh, it must be some sort of interconnected interdependency in the way everything is structured in the machine.
1: As a as a social phenomenon. Yes, it's more of a social phenomenon. So uh, I I doubt if there can be an absolute definition that. A is creative and B is not. Even when a computer just makes some mathematical calculations, produce some numbers which were not known before for the program that does the calculation. It, but if the result of this calculation, somebody sees it and says, but this is known and it's not original, then Creativity <laughs> evaporates.
0: Yes, very true. And I mean, we will need to put more effort into understanding uh, machine creativity or whether we'll be able to create machines that would uh, have creativity is very important in the coming years. Because as we explore the you know space and as we go on other planets and we try to get a lot of answers, we would need machines to be creative. So I hope, that, I hope that your efforts in this direction are successful and you are able to, not just the definition, but you are able to understand the creativity, what it would require to make machines more creative so that it would help humans into but, our exploration.
1: Particularly, it's very important for um, uh, innovation. Yeah. Which, um is necessary for the advancement of our technological civilizations so we have to look at what are the gaps in our knowledge of devices what is missing uh for the human good of course yes uh, it's, it's it may be uh, for an, an elderly man and a, a mechanical uh, helper, which would be able to take care of him. Now, this could be something new if, we do it, if you.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, how would you go know about that? How would you know what is missing? What would you look for in a machine?
1: Um, well, this is a social problem. <laughs> I have mentioned it in my, in my written text, and you make me think now, think up novo. Well, it depends on the sector. If it's medical sector, if it's um, chemistry, if it is um, everyday device that uh, does something. Let's talk about uh, drugs, for instance. Mm-hmm. This is one of the areas where we have some practical results. Well, why do I hear this? something wrong?
0: No, no, it's fine. Maybe it's one of your notifications, something... Uh,
1: there might uh, some uh, advertisement. Yeah, but, it's fine. No, never mind. You don't see that? No. I always said no, okay. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as drug invention is concerned, so far, before creativity or uh, mechanical invention came in play, you had to try... Laboriously in the laboratory, all possible combinations of some molecules to have an effect for curing something. Now we have uh, a new situation where we can make experiments in silico, it's called. That is, you can uh, use your chemistry knowledge to predict the effect. Of some uh, chemical uh, compound and then when you find the one that is near the work you want the new drug to do it, you almost have an invention but then the human mind must come in and do the verification experiments first in in uh, vitro, as it's called, in the lab, and then in vivo in uh, clinical uh, studies. So the first part of the explorative part now can be helped by programs that uh, have uh, an extensive knowledge of chemistry, of uh, organic chemistry, of course.
0: Yes, no, I hear you on that now. I
1: it's a little dark.
0: <laughs> completely fine. So in, it, I mean, talking further a little bit more than creativity. In one of the articles, uh, artificial consciousness utopia or real possibility, Giorgio also says that despite our current technology's ability to simulate autonomy, working in a fully automated mode the computers, that means machines cannot exhibit creativity, emotions or free will. So a comput- he says that a computer like a washing machine is a slave operated by its components. Now, if that is the case, then as the machines become autonomous and if they don't have free will, if they don't have creativity, if they don't have emotions, then how will they decide and define uh, I mean, define and decide what they should do. I mean, it's an autonomous car. If a, if a human is, comes in front of it, whether it should stop or whether it should, you know, just ride over it or whether it's an autonomous weapon, then, you know, what, what should they do? Should they, uh, you know, throw a drone? I mean, throw a missile on a human population or how will it take decisions if they don't have emotions or free will on its own?
1: Well, the, the utility of the result is just by humans of course the machine cannot the utility of an invention or a, or a new idea or, it, it just has the ability to examine a large number of combinations uh, until it hits the one that does partially at least the job one done now if you want to imagine the system a computer i don't like the word machine we must talk about a computer system yes
0: let's it's, let's use the that, word
1: computer system that, that's a, a computer and a program
0: yeah.
1: well a program is a finite piece of text you've written a set of instructions has a given length therefore it has its limitations always it's not an infinite program that can do anything and usually it is focused to a given application area and it's very difficult to transfer technology uh, so advanced as invention from one area to another area you can for instance transfer the techniques you use for drugs to the finding of a new constellation in the sky, in the sky. <coughs> Uh, I give you the two extremes, because I've been efforts to, to use these techniques in many scientific fields and um, I restrict this into the scientific fields where the results are more measurable. Uh, of course, the, a large number of people that go to these uh, conferences, because there is a series of conference, conferences on computational and creativity, are interested in music, for instance. Uh, Which is, you know, it's a little... um, I don't trust it very much, because you can easily make a new sound and and the audience will think that this is an original piece of music. How nice. But what is the utility? It's it's not very serious, in my mind. Serious will be if you Really, the program helps you to arrive at the solution of a real problem with social value, Like a medical problem, a transport problem, an assisting problem to a human that needs some help because of his inability so on. Uh, but music, it's easy, you it's easy, it's, easy. it's easy to start an that will uh, synthesize a tune that was never heard. It's, it's not no problem with that. Usually, to make it more, um you say, familiar, sure. they use uh, some prototypes, like Mozart and so on, and try to construct uh, music which is similar mm. to his, uh, to their works. But I think this is, it's it's playing. This kind of activity, it's, it's kind of playing, like solving a crossword or something, with no practical value.
0: Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have. Uh, you must have heard that the algorithm that uh, AI Now Group that they created, it writes just like humans. So they are not going to release it to the public. So that means uh, the computer systems have developed the capability by which they write just like humans. So they, you know, perhaps have that creative power, that the language power or, you know, ability to think just like the computer system has abil- developed ability to think just like human system. So, uh, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Why, how? What kind of computation? It, you must
1: be very careful in using the word like. Like at what level? Yeah. If it's at the behavioral level, then there can be likeness. You can have the same results. Uh, given a, a problem to yeah. solve. But if you go inside the operation of the software system and the brain, then we are lost. There's no likeness at all. At all. Um, or we don't know many likeness. Yeah. Uh, an example of misguided likeness is what is now called, called deep learning. You blend, cared a lot about it, which is buzzword. Well, deep learning is uh, the result of the operation of a a network of what are called artificial neurons which have very, very little relationship with real neurons. Very, very little. That is a very basic difference. Uh, Real neurons communicate with uh, pulse modulation they change trains of pulses of different frequencies and this is not used in, in in artificial new you have just a logical combination of the output of one level which then is weighted using a vector of numbers uh, the outputs of this one level are multiplied by different weights and if the threshold is um, overcome, then, then you get uh, some odd But it's very little relationship to the <laughs> real neurons. And it's only the communication part. You go into the processing part, we you know very little. As I've mentioned in uh, the notes, you know, uh, we don't know how we count.
0: That is the challenge, right? We don't know how it happens. We know
1: how it happens. That is... I challenge a neurologist to tell me how does the brain count? Where does it put the temporary knowledge of a number that is still it is? How it makes the increment to the next number? Is it a addition operation? Is it a lookup? Well, nobody knows. Very, because we don't have the tools. You see, the, the most... Um, The highest resolution that I've seen is MEG, Magnetic electron electron Program, or something like this, M-E-G. The only thing they've managed to see experimentally is that when you see a word and then read it, they can find about four areas of the brain that are excited consequently. Until you speak. You see, first you have at uh, the back of your head uh, the optical uh, sense, what you see. Then it, it, which is a picture, you start, then it goes to, uh, to the, the language center so that you recognize the world. Uh, then It takes some time there to to understand it somehow, and if you understand the words, it's a known word. Then it goes to the motor part of your brain, then you speak it. And that's all. But this four movement from one area to another is a very coarse description of what happens. Yes, Even for the simple reading of one word. Now, if you go to counting, No, no, nothing. Almost like how, how, where is it stored? Right. Where I am now, I am in 125. Right. And then, um, if you want to more complex, say add by two and add three, how does it happen? So, we have an account, we have counters and adders in the computers, but there's no sense in saying that they operate. Like a brain, at the mm-hmm. architectural level.
0: Yes, but at the same time. It's <clears> the <throat> Yes, but at the same time, you—I'm sure you are aware of uh, so many different initiatives that are trying to the neuromorphic computing and neuromorphic chips. They are trying to create a silicon brain that operates just like a human brain. So In my that, mind
1: is misguided because we have don't have enough knowledge. You see, before I'm getting involved into AI, I worked for a number of years in simulation. And what they're trying to do is a simulation. In order to do a good simulation, you must have a lot of knowledge about the system to be simulated. With this little knowledge we have about the brain, it's almost impossible to simulate.
0: Absolutely, I mean, you are right about it. We don't know much about human brain at all, and we are trying to create a silicon brain that is based on a human brain. So yes, there are a lot of technologies, But again, that brings back uh, to the same question: Do we need to create a silicon brain that operates like a human brain? But no. no, we don't need to do that.
1: No need, because we have our own information processing technology, we can advance this to the. To overcome the difficulty we have now in uh, well there are various methods i, I either like you do it by using uh, past experience in a brute form that's what neural networks do artificial and to my mind and I've written a short um, um, oh, how do you call it? A short paper um in a conference but i didn't have time to expand it that to my mind all these efforts are just in a way indexing the known examples they try to somehow connect them in groups and so that when a new example arrives the only thing you can do is to define a similarity measure and decide in which group from the known examples uh, it can be classified. So there's no, there's no reasoning really involved. A lot of it is table lookup somehow. You have a lot of ex- examples. And this is also another basic difference with human brain. The human brain learns with very few examples. If you get burned once, you don't need to get burned thousands of times until you learn that you might not go near a flame. But systems like the ones that some of the companies don't want to mention the names advertise, they need thousands of examples in order to be able to classify as something safe or dangerous. Okay. But the, the human once gets burned, and he knows that flame. He knows that she knows that the flame is dangerous. Don't go and hear it. Right,
0: right, right. Now, in your paper, in your paper, you describe that. Uh, Consciousness can be implemented in uh, computer systems by using either finite state automata or production systems. What behavior you think can be characterized as exhibiting consciousness, and how do you generate that?
1: Well, um, first of all, I must say that finite state machines and uh, a set of rules, is they are finite and not an infinite set of rules, they are equivalent. There have been mathematical theorems in the past that uh, prove this equivalence. So it's a matter of technique. What What is easier to you, to the programmer? And a programmer is accustomed to work with rules since he constructs programs. And the program is a set of instructions. Uh, it doesn't... Consists of transitions of states. It doesn't say now I go from state one to state two to state three. It says do that, which means change some attributes of the present state. In some part of your memory, replace the present content with a new content, which is the result of the application of a rule that gives a result. You get some data. And you follow the rule and produce an output. Is that clear? It's very difficult sometimes to make it understandable to somebody who hasn't programmed. Have you programmed?
0: Me? I don't do programming.
1: You don't do programming?
0: No, I don't do
1: that. <laughs> if you're interested in the field, it's very easy to, to learn a
0: little. <laughs> yeah, but uh, there are a lot of programmers. I am doing different things. You because know? You
1: a lot of misconceptions uh, get diluted if you, if you have a, a little experience in programming.
0: Yes, I did a little bit, you know, long time back, but I don't do that anymore. I, I just do analysis of all this even mm-hmm. technology. Well,
1: uh, so because it's uh we work with prologue prologue is a set of uh a program consists of a set of rules okay that's why i mentioned the alternative Yes. Okay. Uh, in one of the of the papers i don't know if it's in this latest one i have constructed an alternative way using prologue to materialize a state machine if somebody is able to program, in the, which means you draw a diagram with uh, the nodes and the states and the transition from state to state, uh, you define on which input they go from one state to another, then uh, we have a prologue program, program, program that can follow these rules, which are not the usual logical rules are rules of the same state. They're triples, as we call them, and just just three uh, pieces of information, present state, input, next state. So the automaton is nothing but a list of these triples. And then you have what we call an interpreter who starts from the start state, sees what is the input, and calculates the next state then knowing the next state looks again at the input and finds what is the next next state and it's all done automatically but it's not very easy to program in this way not the usual way
0: right so where where do you see its application where do you see
1: uh, there is a correspondence between the two you can look the same things uh, both ways (laughs)
0: I see. I see. So, what, what, what would be the output of these software system operations? And what would be the nature of operation, you know, as you move forward on that?
1: Well, the output, the, the most useful output, usually, is an explanation. That's that we, what we seek for. And uh, if you are aware of the uh, 1916 report, government, USA government report, on the future of AI, and that was um, an Obama uh, group that was, um, how you call it? established for some time, and they produced a report, which is written in simple terms. I mean, uh, it doesn't need many technical knowledge, Not, you know, much technical knowledge. To, um, Understand There, there is a critique of these uh, artificial neural network systems, that they are unable to produce explanations, and therefore convince their users of the correctness of their operation. And this, particularly for military devices, is very important.
0: Right.
1: And uh, since then, they... Talk about what is called XAI, explainable AI, and since 1917 onwards, DARPA uh, is um, investing on projects to produce systems that have XAI. I see. Uh, I don't know if, if it's too much for for this discussion. Uh,
0: no, no, no. no. Right, right. No, but
1: that, that... Have a look at, a look at this uh, report and... Uh, I will. Maybe some other time we can discuss it. <laughs> sure.
0: No, I will definitely look
1: it's at that. It's a government, it's a government document. Yes. It's the first time that there was a government in the in, um, in the world in 1960. It was the first government strategy on AI. And then some other forms, there's a Chinese document, there's a Russian document. But the out, out, out. you say, uh, was first. So
0: yes. no, that's what we are working, uh, researching right now, and evaluating who is working on what and what would be the security risk emerging from that. So that's what uh, I will definitely evaluate uh, what you just recommended. So now you, you uh, it seems that you have implemented this software system that generates automatically user-friendly explanation of the answers. So. When you ask a question, it gives you a used answer in that you can understand. So, what process follows the user's question? If I ask a question, what follows in the the computer system to activate the behavior that resembles the conscious agent? And you know, it, it, it's
1: simple. No, it's simple. Uh, there are two possibilities. Uh, either the answer is stored and your question matches some pre-stored answer and then the only explanation you will get is i found this in my memory and i give you the answer uh, a second little more complicated is that if you if the, the program needs to do some calculations it will give you the steps of the calculation that uh, results to the what you've asked for the power of two Two to the power of three. Then we'll tell you and multiply to three times two by two, two by two, two by two, and this is uh, an explanation of how I arrived at the answer, which is eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, a non-conscious system will give you just the answer. What is two to the three? Eight. But you don't know how. Computer. If it explains how. It was a computer, then you have an explanation. I, I give simple examples for trivial, but in order to make it easier to understand. In a, in a more complicated situation that we have worked with, there's uh, looking into um, papers in uh, biomedicine where you find facts of interaction between proteins and you're trying to find out if there is a chain of interactions that we give you the information that protein A interacts with protein B, and then B interacts with protein C, and so on, until A protein causes some change to protein Z, which is few stages on one. Uh, this knowledge is stored in papers, because individual researchers look for one causal relation, of the cost and the time now if you collect this literature and anal- try to analyze it as um, all together uh, then perhaps you can find change of interaction between the project i see i
0: see so
1: um, or, uh,
0: right Right. Now, if as you know, in uh, the neural networks and uh, this deep learning, as the systems, you know, become more complex and as this program, you know, complexity goes higher, there is no way the programmer will know how it is doing what. It, It just, we just don't know how the autonomous systems will operate or how it will develop or we just don't know how the neural networks We'll understand what and how we will how it will come to the decisions uh, and understanding. So it seems that we need a new kind of uh, software engineering because uh, the current ones where we don't have any control once the you know these computer systems become. Oh, yes, and, and it can be dangerous, and, and uh, that's good. Yes, and is you, not- if you read this report, you'll
1: see the, the people are worrying about,
0: sure. and
1: these people are are not. Um, technical people who want to advertise their expertise, the representatives from various agencies, government agencies, were seriously concerned about the operation of such systems. Yes. And that's why they insist on explainable AI. Yes. And it's only two years old, you know, this effort. Although there were all their efforts, which I was surprised, which I was aware of, uh, the first one part of what we called call in the past expert systems. Some of them had the ability of explanation. Yes. Somehow the USA has forgotten them, <laughs> and the, the, it's their own work. Yes. If yes. you see this, if you see this uh, report, it's funny. They don't mention any of these older uh, researchers who had. They give us an explanation for saying this to expert systems. Now, the term expert system is not very fashionable, perhaps. And that's why they were not familiar with all their uh, literature.
0: Yes. Yes, no, I, I hear you on that because, see, we do need to have some sort of control. Over these computer systems, we don't want to create computer systems where we just have no control, and uh, tomorrow the future of humanity is at risk. So I, I think there is a greater need for developing uh, a different or uh, having a different approach. Oh to, yes, yes. To, as we move forward,
1: you see, the problem is older. It's not a, it, it didn't appear now with the neural networks. If you look at um, the big operating systems, for instance like micro like uh, Windows that you use every day, uh, why do you get new conditions most of the time because a bang was found because when the system was programmed, there was no deep interaction yes. of the programmer with the system to be able to predict the Bags to, to find the bags. So, whenever they found a few new a few bags, they produce a new uh, a new edition.
0: No, I haven't. I haven't.
1: Did you get that? No. If you look at Windows, they have various uh, editions. Okay. One, two, three, ten, I, hour, I... eleven.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: some some of the differences are new capabilities, but it, most of the time, it's fixing bugs, errors of the, okay. of the original program. All right. Which come uh, on the surface after use, because the the programmer, of the, this is a huge program, an operating system is a huge program. Yes,
0: they, they are, us- yes. yes.
1: And usually, uh, programmed by a group with with very little communication it's broken down into many simpler programs and uh, the programming uh, each individual programmer works in part of it and then they are put together with some kind of obsolete technology that is while the system is being built from its components there is no record of how they interact there are no experiments done during the building of the complex system
0: Mm.
1: so to my mind the new technology new software technology which i don't have now full knowledge of what's going on in companies that work in software software engineering you have to start from from basic operations, and in your way to solve the task that you have in mind, you must um, uh, be sure that the previous phase is correct.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Otherwise, you're using components to build up a, a more complex component, and if you don't know that the bank fee, the bank Error-free the component you use, there's a danger that the combination of them will show an an error during operation which will be mainly non-understandable.
0: Yes, and uh, not only that, we will lose control over it, right? And mm, that, yes, yes. That it, is we, concern.
1: Uh, it will be operating in uh, ways that can be dangerous and safe.
0: Yes, very true, very true. So that, that is the cause of great concern, and that's why we need more uh, transparent and more, uh, more ways that we can control these yeah. computer systems in the coming years. So having said that, what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners, and especially those young minds who are so interested in exploring machine consciousness? And also, I think you have written many books. Would, if you could you know, share some details about those books.
1: Oh, not many. Uh, well, the one in English, the only one I'm showing you. Hmm. This is. <laughs> you cannot read, of course, but.
0: I can read. Artificial intelligence. Okay. Oh,
1: yes. yes.
0: Conscious eye.
1: Yes. Is this it has, is a, fun- it has a, a funny story. It started always as science starts with art. <laughs> My friend has uh, it. He's an artist, the co author. And uh, she has written a book on uh, consciousness in 1986. (laughs) Because she was uh, wondering, what does cubism mean? What is cubism? Being an artist, she was interested in cubism. (laughs) Uh, And her theory was that um, it's a, a turn to consciousness. Not what the art sees, but how it sees. So you can see the idea of combining different views. One object in cubism. If you see a cubist picture, cubist uh, painting, uh, you see that, uh, for instance, a face will have a profile of a nose, not, not nose like this, but the nose ten ninety ninety degrees. Sure. Uh, actually. On the, on the particular subject of the nose, we have written a paper, too, with uh, Polly to, to, to explain, to talk about um, anomaly detection. You see, you see it's anomalous. anomalous when you see it, when you see a Picasso face, it okay. looks anomalous. Because it's not what you normally see. Yeah. But uh, were trying to combine uh, different views.
0: I see
1: so she proposed then that uh, it was a time to consciousness yes that you try to think how you see yes and and make a picture that uh, somehow represents this process of seeing of course in 1905 or something How we see, how we saw, how we still see, nobody knew. I mean, neurology was, uh, but it was the imagination of the artist to try to play with this. And then I took her book, it was in Greek, and asked her to translate it in English, because I knew that the book that I wanted to write would have almost zero audience in in English. Even now, in the English speaking world, it's almost unknown. It is in Amazon, and very, very, few, very few, few people know about it. But what I try to do is to to use her as a pithia. You know what is a pithia? Pithia was the. <laughs> no, yes,
0: absolutely. This looks like an important book, so I hope that our global viewers and listeners get an opportunity to go on uh, Amazon and purchase this book and read about it. So I would yes. recommend that.
1: So I took uh, um, statements which were simple-minded, but were thinking about technology, were, were uh, referring to some aspect of AI or consciousness. I thought so, so early. And uh, I put this as a motto in about 10 uh, uh, chapters and i tried to review the scientific literature since then, since 1998, And uh, I hope I have come to 2015, when the book was published, with uh, as um, new knowledge as possible. And this is this is when I got in, uh, interested in creativity, and and there are five chapters in this book, uh, this book reviewing various aspects of creativity. Already consciousness was getting out, it was becoming obsolete for me, having it solved in my in my mind. How a machine can be, computer system, can exhibit consciousness, I said, well, the problem is solved, so let's got something more difficult.
0: Yes, definitely. No, I look forward to reading that uh, and uh, hope, hopefully, you know, next time we talk, we can talk about that book and uh, discuss your efforts on creativity and uh, how, uh, you know, what kind of success you are getting. So thank you so much, Professor Contos, for participating in Risk Roundup today. We thank appreciate- you. We appreciate- you can publish
1: the the official answers if you like, together with an interview. Because we didn't cover all the all the answers. Okay. Thank you. Okay. you.
0: Okay. We appreciate your thoughtful insight on machine consciousness and hope to understand your efforts on artificial creativity in the near future. So our global viewers and listeners will benefit tremendously from the understanding you provided on uh, computer systems uh, consciousness. So, even if a single individual or entity is able to benefit from the discussion we had today, this Risk Roundup dialogue has been of service and we thank you for that.
1: Thank you very much. Happy to to meet you. All the best. best. (laughs)
0: Likewise, Risk Roundup, a global initiative launched by Risk Group, is a security risk reporting for risk emerging. From existing and emerging technologies, technology convergence, and transformation happening across cyberspace, geospace, and space, we at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace, they walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict, and it is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts feed into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations. Trading becomes our security. So if we build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risks together. For more information on the risk roundups, to watch the risk roundup webcast or listen to the risk roundup podcast, please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Deshree, host of SwissCon kind of signing off. See you next time. Thank you.